Welcome to the I'm Still Learning Podcast. I'm your host, Randy Whitlow. I've been reading and studying the Bible my entire life, but I still have a lot of questions, and I'm still learning what it means. Each episode, we will take a look at what the Bible has to say and what it means to us today. When God speaks, things change. But if you're not listening, you might miss it. In this episode, called Hearing from God, I'll talk about that very subject. Have you ever changed your mind about something that you were once pretty sure of? I know that I have. When I was younger, I was pretty certain that I held the 100% correct opinion on just about every topic. But as I have grown, I have listened to other points of view, and I've found that on quite a few topics, there was a lot more to the issue than I realized, and it was not the simple black and white issue that I thought it was. I also found out that the folks that I disagreed with weren't necessarily stupid or evil, so I didn't need to shout them down or shut them out. And these days, I get excited over different things than I used to. Where I used to get excited over things like new cars, a big job promotion, or my team winning, I now get excited by things like finding a new song that I like, friends or family members reconciling, a sick child getting the treatment he or she needs, a foster child finding a forever family, or someone giving their heart to Jesus. And occasionally I will have my mind changed or the direction of my life altered by the voice of God speaking to me and giving me new direction. I'm actually going to devote two episodes on today's passage of Scripture as I continue this look at the New Testament book of Colossians. Today's episode will be about hearing the voice of God in your life, And next week's episode will be about the supremacy of Jesus Christ. We are in Colossians chapter 1, starting with verse 15. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in Him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, All things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. Now this is an incredible description of who Jesus is. 
And the fact that it is written by Paul makes this an incredible story of someone who was completely changed after encountering the presence of God. Why is this so incredible? Who was Paul, anyway? We are introduced to Paul in Acts chapter 7 at the stoning of a deacon named Stephen. At this time, he was known by the Jewish version of his name, Saul. Saul was a young man who took care of the coats of the men who threw the rocks at Stephen. He was a Pharisee who had studied under the best teachers and was an up-and-comer in the Jewish religious circles. As a Pharisee, he lived a very disciplined spiritual life and would have had nothing to do with anyone who didn't believe the way he did. He was in total agreement that someone who declared that Jesus was the Son of God had to be silenced. After the stoning of Stephen, he made it his life's mission to imprison Christ followers and destroy the church. He really thought that he was defending God against a blasphemous teaching. He was on his way to another town to disrupt the Jesus followers there when this happened in Acts chapter 9, beginning with verse 3. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. When Saul got to Damascus, the Lord sent a believer named Ananias to pray for Saul and to declare that God had chosen Saul to be God's chosen instrument to proclaim Jesus to the non-Jewish world. And Saul, who had been so sure that he was right that he became a religious terrorist, was now completely changed by the presence of God that he became completely committed to pronouncing that Jesus is the Son of God and the Savior of the world to people that he formerly had nothing to do with. He no longer went by the Jewish version of his name, Saul. He now went by the Gentile version of his name, which was Paul. It was a dramatic change of heart and mind because of an encounter with the presence of God. For him to write this description that we just read in in Colossians of who Jesus is, is quite incredible given his past. Let's read this again in the context of Paul's change of heart and mind. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in Him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through Him and for Him. He is before all things, and in Him all things hold together. And He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything He might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all His fullness dwell in Him, and through Him to reconcile to Himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through His blood shed on the cross. Look at how Paul proclaims Jesus now. He is the visible version of God. 
existing before the world was created. He is over all things, and it is in him that everything in creation works together. He is the head of the church. He is supreme. There is no one higher. Every aspect of God's power and nature are reflected in him. And we are reconciled to God because Jesus made things right with God by his death on the cross. Oh, my mind boggles at this proclamation. This comes from a man who was formerly convinced that Jesus was a false prophet and a blasphemer and whose followers needed to be crushed. Only an experience with God can change someone to that extent. He went from being an up-and-comer with a bright future with the Pharisees to being called to suffer for the cause of Christ. And at the end of his life, Paul called his beatings, shipwrecks, and imprisonments light and momentary difficulties in light of his hope of eternity. I've never had an experience with God's presence like Paul had, and I dare say that you've not had one either. But that doesn't mean that we don't have the opportunity to experience the presence of God in our own lives. And the changes that He will make to our own lives if we will respond to His leading are no less profound just because we don't have a big audience or the chance to write letters that will be added to the Bible. Will God place you in His spotlight and speak to you in an audible voice or send an angel to give you instruction? Probably not. That doesn't seem to happen much these days. But the attributes of God are that He is eternal, meaning that He is not bound by time or space, omnipotent, which means He is all-powerful, omniscient, which means He has all knowledge, and omnipresent, meaning that God is everywhere at all times. There is no place you can go to escape God's presence. But just because He is present, it doesn't mean that He is evident. He's not always interjecting Himself into situations, but He is there, and He is where you are right now. I know there are times that He makes Himself known to a group of people, such as a church service, when someone says, Man, we could really feel the presence of God today. Does that mean that God decided that out of all of the churches in the world, He decided to visit their church that morning? Not at all. What it means is that those folks open their hearts and minds to hear what God is saying. Although God has the ability and the authority to break into our thoughts in dramatic fashion, as He did with Paul, most of the time He speaks quietly or nudges us gently. We can hear Him, but we have to learn to recognize His voice, and we have to be listening. So how do we hear God speaking to us? Well, here are a few ways that I have learned. Each of us can and should learn to hear and respond to God's voice. First, ask God to speak to you and then listen. Jesus dramatically interjected himself into Paul's day, but Paul wasn't listening and Jesus had a message for Paul that he needed to hear. As believers, though, we shouldn't need to be knocked off our donkey to hear from God. 
learn how to listen, and you will hear him. Second, recognize God's voice. Sometimes I hear people talk about having these long conversations with God, but I've never gotten that. Typically, I will just get a thought or a word or a Bible story brought to mind. Then I spend time dwelling on that thought or word, and God's message to me is revealed. Third, respect the experience. You know, I hear people from time to time who will say, when I get to heaven, Jesus is going to have to answer a lot of questions from me. But I don't believe it's going to happen that way. I think when we experience being in the presence of the Holy Jesus, we're not going to be arrogant. We're going to be humbled. And God is not speaking to you to make you a celebrity. Rarely does hearing from God require a public announcement. Most of the time, His Word is for you and requires action from you. If God gives you new direction or calls on you to change something in your life, do it. But make sure that it is God's voice so that if things get difficult, you can go forward with confidence. If it takes you down a rough path, stay on it. Until you receive a new revelation, stay with the old one. God's word for you will always align with his nature that is revealed to us in the Bible, and it will always bring glory to the name of Jesus. So always be listening and be ready to respond, and you too can hear the voice of God in your life. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the I'm Still Learning podcast. If you find this podcast interesting, won't you please share it with a friend? Also, let me know what you think. Find me on Facebook or Instagram under my name, Randy Whitlow, or send an email to rbwhitlow at me.com. Until next week, I'm Randy Whitlow, and I'm still learning.